Thanks, Adrian. Um, Shane said, as we were sitting at breakfast, he says, have you got a couple of jokes to start? And I said, me? Do jokes? No, no, it doesn't have, but I bought my stick, just in case you fall asleep. <laughs> it's for, <laughs> keep you awake. It is for something else. If you want to hear the story behind this stick, it's actually got quite a story. Is it going to stay there? Shane will tell you after. It's Shane's stick. Shane's stick. Well, um, last time I shared, I talked on Sabbath and rest. And I'd just like to say that I've been tested on that in so many different areas in my life since I shared it, which is often the way. It's a bit dangerous getting up here sometimes. Um, You say something and declare it, and then God says, yeah, do you really believe that? Mm. Anyway, I found myself on holiday. For those who don't know, I'm a school teacher. I found myself on holiday absolutely wiped out, stressed, and really struggling with a few things in my life. And um, something happened at school that was quite distressing, and I actually didn't know anything about it. And I actually said to someone, I'm so glad I didn't know about it. I felt like I was here with my coping. And if I had had to deal with that situation, it would have tipped me over the edge, I think. So I went into holidays with that. And I... I got to the point, it took me a little while, I have to admit, I got to the point where I said, Lord, why why am I feeling like this? What's going on? And I'm talking to Shane about it as well. And he said, well, this has been happening, and this has been happening, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I went, ah, right, there is a reason. I actually need to be a little bit kinder to myself and actually take some time to, to to work through a few things. When we're confronted with a giant, when an illness comes, when we lose our job, when a relationship breaks down, when something big happens, we know we're facing a giant. And we, it's almost like we're in a pressure cooker. I don't know. Does anyone still have a pressure cooker? Yeah. Anyway, it has this little button on the top, and it very quickly reaches its pressure point, and it hisses and You know, it's really intense, really quickly. It's a bit like a giant when we have a trial. I felt like I was in a slow cooker. I felt like there were just a little bit of heat added one after the other, and all of a sudden it was bubbling away, and I didn't know where the bubble had come from. I was reminded of the scripture in Solomon, and I must say, Ben and I did not compare notes before the meeting today. But I was reminded of a scripture in Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, where it says, Catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard. Now, in the time when this was written, you know, the Middle East, lots of vineyards, foxes would come in and steal the low-hanging fruit and would ruin the vine. And so the vine keeper would get a stick and actually prop it up, prop the fruit up so that the foxes couldn't reach it. So I was thinking along those sorts of lines. I was also reminded of the scripture in Jude 20, where we're exhorted to build ourselves up in our faith. 
The little foxes represent those things that quietly and subtly destroy relationships. Relationship with God, but also relationships with people. And it can be a myriad of things in our lives. It can be our thoughts. It can be stress. It can be tiredness, busyness, focusing on the wrong things, what we're feeding ourselves, and worry. Anything that takes or robs us of our relationship with the Lord. So this is where I'm coming from this morning. The little things that left untended can cause really big problems. So it's what to do. My thoughts this morning are what to do when we find ourselves in that place. But also how to guard ourselves. How to keep the foxes out in the first place. Not just to mend what the, the damage that the foxes have caused, but to keep them out. To have some boundaries, to have some fences that keep them out. One of the most releasing things we can do is what we did this morning. Is come before God with a vulnerable heart and an open hand and say, God, I'm sorry. Actually confess where we are and repent. Lord, show me if there's anything in me that doesn't please you. Show me if there's anything that is robbing me of a relationship with you. Repent of allowing fear. Repent of worry. Repent of stress. Repent of busyness, not actually repenting of those things because we all face them and they're not sin. That's just life. They come. But repenting of allowing them to have power in my life and allowing them to rob me. And the other really important thing to do is to recognize we have an enemy, to see it for what it is to see where it's coming from, and that the enemy only comes to rob and to steal and to lie, to recognise that. So could we turn, if you have your Bible, to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, talking about the armour of God. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert 
and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You know, in the natural, a soldier arms and protects themselves. And that's what this scripture is encouraging us to do in the spirit. But verse 13, the reason we do it, it doesn't say so that we can avoid battles. It doesn't say so that the enemy will see us and be too scared of, scared of us and run the other way. It says after the battle, you'll be standing firm. We can be pre- prepared and equipped. We're to put on the belt of truth. We're to put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, hold up the shield of faith and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word, and pray in the spirit at all times. Not sure about you, but I often look at this as something I put on, something I do, something that's been provided for me. But I'd like to point out today that the armour is personified in Jesus. Jesus is our armour. Jesus is our truth. Jesus is our righteousness. He is our peace. He is our salvation. And because he is faithful, we can put our faith in him. He is the word. He is the armour that we need to be putting on. Romans 13, 14 says, Clothe yourself in the presence of the Lord. In his presence. I don't know if you sense the anointing this morning, but when we choose to come in at home or here together, there is a visible, there is a sense of a cloaking, a sense of his presence, a sense of his nearness. And Ephesians 5.18 tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As we immerse ourselves in the knowledge of who he is, the armour becomes not something we put on, but something, someone who's with us, something we wear continually. So when an attack comes, I'm already clothed. I don't have to go into the cupboard and get my, my armour out. I'm already clothed. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we acknowledge that the battle belongs to the Lord, big and small. No matter whether you're facing a giant or a fox, the battle is real. The enemy is fighting for our soul. He's fighting for our affection. And we need to do all that we can, standing in his victory. He's won the victory and he's given it to us. Psalm 23 says that the Lord has already prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We get to rest. We get to recline. We get to be nourished. We get to be filled and fed in his presence. And as we sang this morning, it's on our knees. Uh, first staff meeting this week, <clears throat> we talked about our goals that we'd set at the beginning of the year, how we were doing, and, and looking forward, what was next. And I was really vulnerable with the person that I was um, sharing with. 
And at the end, she said to me, so what are you doing to make sure it doesn't happen again? (laughs) And I went, well, actually, and I did share with her. So I actually thought there's three thoughts that we can do, and there's plenty more, but I'll come up with three today about how if we find ourselves in that place where we're feeling attacked and we're low and we're not prepared, these things can help us get back on track. These three things also help build the fences and keep the foxes out. One thing in the Song of Solomon was that all through the ups and downs of their losing each other and finding each other and um, their new love, which is indicative of our relationship with the Lord, was that the bride, one thing the bride was confident in was that she belonged to him and he belonged to her. And that needs to be where we come from, no matter what's happening in our life. The Lord will never condemn us. Never. He always takes us where we're at and says, I am your beloved and you are mine. And he welcomes us in. The first thing that I thought we need to do to make sure that we're maintaining our armour And I can't preach without having this as one of my points, I'm sorry. (laughs) Praise, worship, and thanksgiving. It's, It's the ABC of how to walk with the Lord. We need to be praising. We need to be worshiping. We need to be having a thankful heart. Isaiah 63, 1 says, To put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Throughout the Old Testament, worshippers went out to the battle first. And we're encouraged that no matter what comes our way, to give thanks. And it says that this is the will of God concerning you. When we worship, an exchange happens in the spiritual realm. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But our praise and worship puts those enemies to flight. Our praise and worship gives God his rightful place and declares that he is Lord. It's not in the flesh, but in the spirit. We actually can't work this up ourselves. It's a spiritual exercise. It's a spiritual giving of ourselves to the Lord. Our praise and worship is a spiritual um, weapon that impacts the spiritual world. We might be singing in the natural and sometimes it doesn't sound real great, but know that it's powerful in the spiritual realm. The second thought I had was about memorials. When God has fulfilled a promise in our life, when God has done something, we can stand on that in the future. We can, and we were talking about that again this morning. Our testimony is powerful. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What God has done in our lives and for us is powerful. Um, Brenton, can you pop up the picture, first picture? This is beautiful, isn't it? That actually started off its life as a blue vase, and it was broken. 
This is, and I'm not going to try and say the name, this is Japanese pottery repair. They take the broken pieces and they get a gold, silver or platinum filament and they make a fine dust out of it and they repair it and it actually makes something more beautiful than the original. And the next picture, Brenton. I think most of us have heard, seen this um, picture before. Not necessarily this one, but this is a tapestry. It's the back of a tapestry. It's hard to see what that looks like, what it is at the moment, isn't it? It looks pretty messy. And I do needlework. I love doing needlework. Um, a lot of mistakes in that. But the next picture is the end result. That's what the side is that God sees. And we can, think of our, we can think of our failures and our mistakes and our failings and where we've missed it, and like my two weeks and leading into my holidays. I could have wallowed around for two weeks. But God actually spoke to me and did something and reminded me of his work in me. And he actually uses those difficult times. He uses those hard places. He uses those times where we have stood up against the enemy and declared the word of God and stood on his promises and he makes something beautiful, which was his intention all the time. This is what God sees from the day his hand is upon us. From the very beginning, we are his workmanship. We just need to put memorials, things in our lives, the promises of God that remind us of that. I've been reading the book of Joshua. Nine times in the book of Joshua, they built a memorial. They put stones or they did something in the temple um, so that they would have a visual reminder of the goodness of God. Something visual and so what does it look like in our lives? We're not going to go around building up piles of stones, leaving them in the riverbed or at our front. You might have one at your front door. You might have one inside. I have a couple of memorials in my life. Some of them are written in my Bible. Some of we've got a little memory box where there are a couple of little things from the children's childhood in there that specifically talk about God's promises to them and things that happened in our life. Uh, for me, there's a couple of experiences that I had. My baptism is an incredible memorial in my life where God did some deep healing and spoke amazing promises into my life that I'm still seeing fulfilled. It's for us. Our memorials are for us. They're also for others. We talked about it this morning, what God's done for one, he'll do for another. Our testimony is powerful, but also for future generations to be able to talk about the goodness of God to our children and our grandchildren and say, when this happened, God did this for me. To be able to speak about it to generations to come. Loved Ben's word last week. If you haven't heard it, highly recommend you listen to it. It's talking about the old and the new wineskin. I thought, we don't want to hang on to the old wineskin, though. 
You know, we're talking about memorials and remembering things in the past. We don't want to stay there. The wineskin is simply a vessel to hold the wine. It does, it serves no other purpose than to hold the wine. Our traditions or the experience that happened in our past is not the thing that we want to remember. What we want to remember is the work that the Lord did in our heart, the truth that we learned, the promise that became ours, that became personal, that suddenly wasn't just a promise for every believer, but it's a promise for me and I've seen it fulfilled in my life. It becomes powerful in me. We don't want those things in our past to become an idol. And the Israelites actually at one point built one on the other side of the the Jordan and the people that were in the promised land came back and said, hey, what's going on? They were ready to kill them because they had built this memorial. And they said, well, well, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. This is because we want to remember where we've come from and who we belong to. This is so that future generations would know that this was a place of victory for the Lord. We want to remember transformation. We want to remember healing. That's what we want to hold on to. One of the things that um, made my lead up to the holidays really difficult was um, I have, for much of my life, I've suffered from really severe eczema. And maybe five years ago, five or six years ago, it's been a gradual, but I had a real healing and I was completely free of eczema. Something happened and it's been 14, 15 months where I got a couple of mozzie bites and my skin has flared up like you would not. Anyway, it's caused me a lot of distress. It's not eczema, it's not the same thing. But I have been in distress and in discomfort and haven't been able to sit down, haven't been able to wear certain clothes because of the skin condition. And so that was causing me all sorts of unrest as well as the stuff happening at school and the stuff happening with friends. But in it, God reminded me of his faithfulness. And he reminded me, hang on, didn't I do something for you that you saw a real healing? And I went, ah, yeah. (laughs) And so I started to declare. I started to declare that God is good that God is my healer. God, you've done it before. You can do it again. Our testimony, the promises that we've seen fulfilled, the memorials in our life are powerful. Powerful when enemies come and go. It's a bit like like the serpent in the garden. Did God really say? Did God really do that? We need to stand. Another one, Shane's health. Um, he had some really health issues and we went to the specialist one day. It had been going on for a little while. We walked out and I felt in the spirit, we were holding hands, I felt like we stepped across a line and left that thing behind us. Now Shane is not healed. He still has two very serious health conditions. He hasn't been healed, but it hasn't stopped him living. And his heart and our heart, there's no fear attached to that thing anymore. And that's the power, where a fear, the fear of something loses its, 
its control over you and your thinking and where your mind goes when you can cross that line. So when, when Shane has a, has a moment <laughs> and, I, and I go, is this? I go, no, we crossed a line. We crossed a line and in my mind and in my spirit, I step back over that line and I stomp my foot and I go, no, God has done a work. And so, and I will not be fearful those are the sorts of things that are memorials in our life that we can stand on time and time again that prove the faithfulness of God. These are our weapons. My last point is that we are not alone in the battle. God never intended us to walk alone. I've got a few scriptures here that I'm going to name. I'm not going to go into detail, but they all share something different about not being alone. If you'd like to look at them later, they're amazing stories. Exodus 17, 10 to 14. Moses told Joshua to gather the army and to go and fight the enemy. Moses was going to go up on the mountain, and here's my trusty staff, and hold up. His staff. I actually think it would have been something like this. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> to hold up the staff. Thankfully, Moses took two of his mates with him, Aaron and her. Who knows how long you can hold a stick above your head? Not long. Well, I can't do it for very long. Michael's a concreter. He might be able to hold it a bit longer. And he started to fail. And as the the staff went down, the enemy progressed. So Aaron and Hur got a seat for Moses and he sat down. And Aaron and Hur stood beside Moses and held the staff and the enemy was defeated. Moses needed Aaron and Hur. In 1 Samuel 17 17, verse 52 You see the story of David and Goliath. And we focus often on the fact that a shepherd boy killed a giant. It's pretty awesome. Killed a giant. But it wasn't David who routed the enemy. The whole Israelite army chased them. The whole army. Until they were all defeated. David could not have done that on his own. 2 Kings 6, verse 15. Elisha and his servant, the enemy was coming. And they woke up one morning and the servant says to Elisha, Master, we are surrounded. We're in trouble. There were chariots and there were armies and they were encamped all around them. Elisha prayed. He said, Lord, open his eyes. They were not alone. There was a host of heavenly chariots, heavenly angels with fiery swords ready to fight on their behalf. And something happened in the spirit that that enemy was defeated. But the servant needed to have his spiritual eyes opened to see they were not alone. And Daniel's friends in Daniel 3, they were thrown into the fire because they stood up for what they knew to be the truth. And Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he said, there is another one in there. 
there was a fourth, there was a man of God walking with them and they came out of that fire that had killed the soldiers who were throwing them in. That's how hot it was. They came out without even the smell of smoke. They were not alone. And neither are we. We're not alone in the physical. We have one another. And we are not alone in the spiritual. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We have a host of heaven's angels working for us. But we need to nurture those relationships. Because it's the little foxes that can spoil them. And we need to guard our hearts. And we need one another. We need to be open and vulnerable. We need to be authentic with one another and with God. You know, our relationship with God and with the brethren isn't just a panic button we can hit when life gets challenging or when we get sick or when we have a challenge. If we've already got those relationships there, we've got something. We know that people are with us. We know people are standing with us. This week, someone sent me a text message at school. <clears throat> Said, remember you're at St. Paul's for a purpose. God's got you there for a reason. Follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, I got that about half past eight in the morning and, and my day was pretty ordinary. I carried on. I was leaving about five o'clock and I'm walking down And I normally park in a different place, but I'd park somewhere different today and I'm walking out with my bags and someone said, Carol, have you got a minute? (laughs) And they pulled me aside. Someone had shared with this man a few weeks ago and he had some questions. It is the best opportunity I have had to share the gospel in a long time. I came away on a real buzz. I was really tired, five o'clock, long day. Shane was away, but I was buzzing. And that person's encouragement, I then actually sent them back a text message and said, hey, guess what happened? Thanks for your encouragement. You know, we need each other. And we're there when we've got that relationship, when we've been working and talking into other people's lives. That sort of thing can happen. Follow the prompting of the Spirit. If, you, if you're prompted to send a message or to pray for someone, just let them know praying for you today. You know, the things that can be accomplished in the spirit when we do those things. There's a lot of different thoughts today, a lot of different scriptures. This isn't isn't a list of self-helps. But they're spiritual truths that have the the power to transform our lives. To keep out the enemy. Or to bring us back to the place where we should be. wonder if the music team could come. So whether it's an encouragement to keep doing what you're doing or to ramp up on the being proactive, remember, praise is a powerful weapon. God has been and will continue to be faithful and we are not alone. He is our armour. We can be in the fire of a trial, 
but we can walk without the smell of smoke as we walk clothed in his presence. Actually, like this morning to spend a bit of time and, and to start with us thinking, you know, we could sing The Battle Belongs. I actually thought it's found in his presence. We're going to sing the song worthy of it all. Because this is where our armour, this is where our victory comes from. It's in his presence. I'd encourage you today, if you feel like you're facing a giant or if there's been some little foxes that have been nibbling at your fruit, I'd invite you to come out and just bring it before the Lord. Mark today as a memorial. Mark today as a day where this is where I met God And this is where the power of that thing in my life was broken. That's done in his presence. Come and do some, come and worship. Come and be honest before the Lord. Come and bear your heart before him. Because he longs to fill us. And he is with us and he is for us. And let others stand alongside you and believe with you, pray with you, because God never intended us to do this alone. So let's sing worthy of it all. And please come forward, come forward and, and let today be a day where it's the beginning of something new, a place that you can look back on and say, I met God on this day.